I'm happiest in the saddle. <laughs> A fellow sportsman. I am an FBI agent. Great Scott. What do you say we cut the chit-chat? A-hole. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Come with me if you want to live. Hello and welcome to Retro Ramble. I'm Charlie McGee. I'm George McGee. And this time, dear listeners, we are reviewing not one, but two films. Why would we decide to cover two films in the same episode, George? Pray tell. When we, we start a new year, we look at what films have anniversaries coming up. And when I was looking through the films of 1994, it pulled up not one, but two films about skydiving. And obviously, this is a bit of a... This is a Point Break. <laughs> it's n- <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, Hollywood obviously has a bit of a trend for for similar themed films coming around the same time. It hasn't happened for a while, but obviously there was um, Volcano, Dante's Peak, Meteor, Inter- Me- Meteor film. Yeah, there was Deep Impact and in, in Armageddon. We've talked about there was even though they were very different films, uh, Independence Day and Mars Attacks. And then I think you you even talked about it a while ago about the White House movies, White House Down and yeah, Olympus, Olympus has Fallen. Fallen. I think that was the last time it really happened, it, you know, like as a big thing. It, and is it because my, you probably know better than me, but my understanding of that is that there's a script kicking around and it doesn't, the film doesn't get made. And then another similar script gets greenlit and the other studio's like, well, we've got this piece of shit. Why don't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, usually it's it is. It's a bit of that. It's a bit it, of that. It, it, it is a bit of a competition. And yeah, I don't know why it hasn't happened for a while. But yeah, usually there are just, it's, it is, as you say, it starts off with similar scripts floating around and then suddenly it becomes a bit of, a, oh, well, we've got to, got to get our film out before it's made. Um so yes, when when we were looking at well, there's this drop zone with with Wesley Snipes, or this terminal velocity with Charlie Sheen, um, and it would just be rude if we're going to cover one, you may as well cover the other. So this this and is if on. you've already covered Point Break, and you've we've already covered <laughs> Point Break. So yes, this is the the 1994 skydiving extravaganza. So buckle up, strap in, uh, grab your reserve shoots. It's cr- there's going to be some crazy boozy. What else can people expect in this episode? We're going back to the nineties. One oh. of us is going to be wearing a waistcoat. Oh, there's some <laughs> some amazing fashions. There's a feature I want to uh, introduce called "What in the world is Wesley wearing?" I mean, obviously, it could be applied to plenty of films in the nineties. You know, we talked about his fashion sense in Demolition Man, but this. As a, a contemporary 90s piece, he has some amazing outfits, which I'm sure we'll get into. And I think as all our listeners would agree, he definitely has a say in the matter. Nobody is forcing him to wear those threads. Oh, absolutely. Clearly, when it when it, when it it crosses dimensions from one film to another, you know those are his decisions. <laughs> it, yes, it doesn't really scream US Marshal, um, some, of these, <laughs> some of these fashion uh, outfits. Yeah, so we have... The very extravagant 90s action pick that is Drop Zone. But then I think it's safe to say Terminal Velocity is more of a an old-fashioned spy flick, a, cold, a post-Cold War thriller that happens to have some skydiving in it. Is that safe to say? It is. It's definitely not putting skydiving on the same pedestal that... Uh, drop zone is there's a lot of skydiving in drop zone so so not say just maybe that, too there's, much there's a lot of i'm sorry i've, I've named drop point break a few times a lot of drop zone is wanting you to believe i mean don't get me wrong people who jump out of planes are, are pretty cool but like, there's a lot of like getting you to look at them as if the, the sufferers you know we need gary Busey turning up giving a pep talk to, to remind you yeah but sorry he's in the other film we're covering so that isn't possible but it is it's a bit heavy-handed in Drop Zone. I think words that are going to come up when we're talking about Drop Zone are tonality um, that changes. But what's weird is that I said to George when I found out we we're doing these two films, I was like, oh, Drop Zone, one of the best video rentals of my youth. Love that film. And spoiler alert, I think my opinions of these two films have changed over time. So, Well, we'll, we'll get into it. I'm, so yeah, I think as you, as you said, we're going to be, it's a bit different from the usual retro ramble structure because we're covering two films. We're going to be jumping about a bit. Um, but 
we're, we're hoping to bring that usual retro ramble feel to it so um, a bit of an insight into these films how do they get made it's a light-hearted look back it's not a critical appraisal um, you know for those if you haven't listened before Charlie and I are brothers and this podcast all about us going back and revisiting these films of our youth and see do they still hold up um have they been remade spun off etc so yes as Charlie says strap in and enjoy the the ride um there might be some swearing there might be some childish impressions and humor but it's all part of the show we're gonna be all over the place uh okay so i'm ready george are we gonna how are we gonna do the trailer thing should we play both of them at the same time as in one audio file or well, we I've, 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 got, I've got an idea so i'll play one trailer i'll give you a bit of a maybe a don't tell them don't tell them what it is <laughs> yeah, yeah um i'll give you a summary afterwards a little bit because there isn't much production chat on either film and okay. then i'll play the next trailer a little bit of production chat and then we can just jump into talking about the film, how the films compare. Okay. I'm offering you no one else in the world can provide. No one else. Two million dollars a month for the operations and names of every undercover agent in the world. And I'm willing to prove it by doing it one time for free. In a world of high-tech secrets, the survival of justice is at stake. The whole system's going down. And all that stands between anarchy and order is one man. You've got evidence to make your case to the FBI. You're going to have to do better than this time on Kreef, fella. He's DEA. On Kreef is DEA? We've tested your free sample and decided we want more. God bless America. It's not right, Jackie! Put your hands down! Go! Go! It was a setup. A what? A setup. What are you saying, Nesca? If you want my help, 15,000. 15,000? What do you care anyway? It's the government's money. The other U.S. Marshal has acquired some information. I'm impressed. Not with you. The other Marshal. A 747 and 500 knots could rip a jumper clear apart. A C4 explosive flashbang residue. (laughs) This is serious guacamole. It means I'm in the right place. You are way out of your league, way out. Paramount Pictures presents... These people are killers. Leave the cop stuff to me. The year's most exciting thriller. I'm not gonna find who I'm looking for down here, right? So I gotta go up there. Stage one is complete. Stay focused. Okay, we're into the game. Five minutes to exit, right on schedule. Wesley Snipes. Well, the schedule's gonna change. Drop zone. Wow! So I really, I really want to see that movie. That trailer <laughs> makes it look amazing. I want to see that movie. They don't make trailers like they used to, do they? In a world, <laughs> one man. The, the year's most exciting movie. Uh, so yes, um, so Drop Zone is uh, an American action thriller directed by John Badham. Um, who is a bit like uh, we were chatting about on our patreon uh review of van damme movie sudden death a bit like peter hyams he's a bit of a journeyman director so john badham i hope i'm pronouncing his uh his name right it's it's just bad ham uh so yeah john badham is a director of many genres so broke through with saturday night fever uh, then did helicopter movie Blue Thunder, which I think we haven't seen. I think we might need to add that oh, to Revelations. Re- Revelations. I think that's Roy Schneider. <laughs> um, War Games, Short Circuit, Stakeout and Another Stakeout. Good, all good films. Bird on a Wire. Another uh, good film. The Assassin, not Assassins. Uh, but the, the you know the British. Oh no, the one with one. Uh, British. I really enjoy that with uh, Gabriel Byrne as well. Also known as Point of No Return, if you're um, if you're listening in America, and it's a remake of uh, Nikita. Nikita. Um, uh, the Hard Way. You know the odd buddy movie, James Woods, Michael J. Fox. 
Yes, yes. Uh, and Nick of Time with Johnny Depp. So, yes, he's got quite a varied... Those were big films in their day. They were all cinema releases, but, hey, it was the time. It's what people did. They well, put yeah, films out I mean, of the cinema before they put them on, on the TV. I mean, yeah. I mean, War Games, Short Circuit, and, well, arguably Stakeout are all big films of the 80s. So, yeah. Um, so, he, yeah, fairly big uh, director. And obviously we've got, in the film, we've got Wesley. We've got uh, everyone's favourite bad guy, apart from when he's in Point Break, Gary Boosie. And the lovely Yancey Butler, who was in JCVD uh, the previous year, uh, Hard Target. That's where she's from. I couldn't put my finger on it. Yes, she's the 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 lady who's lost her, her daddy. <laughs> you found your daddy. A papa. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the idea, apparently, unsurprisingly, Charlie, the idea came from two professional skydivers. I thought you were going to tell me this came from an idea of a skydiver reading a magazine on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> We're just about to jump out of the plane. Hang on. Two skydivers, Tony Griffin and Guy Manos. And then one of the film's screenwriters, Peter Baraschini, would later go on to write High School Musical. Okay. Um, wow. Uh, and the only other bit of trivia I really have is um, insurance pol- policies for most of the cast, uh, including Wesley Snipes, precluded them from skydiving. And I think this at is something... all, at all, never at all. And and, you, and there is some very shonky blue screen <laughs> back back projection, whatever they're using in the nineties for this. Um, however, uh, one of the the actors, Michael Jetta, who's the the Weasley tech guy, he actually yep. performed at that tandem jump. As you can see, it's a a long shot. You can see him jumping out of a plane. And the only other point is the in his script, Yancey Butler's character, Jess Crossman, was originally written as a man. Uh, I mean that because that's what that name kind of suggests. Yes. Um, <laughs> was it was, Jeff? Was it actually Jeff? Pro- probably Jeff. <laughs> but then once Yancey Butler was cast, obviously there's that bit where, <laughs> where Wesley just knocks her out. He smacks her. He knocks her out. I thought it was brilliant. I was like, leave it in, leave it in. Uh, and appar- apparently she, yeah, they were looking, they were thinking about dropping it and Yancey Butler was like, no, no, leave it in. It's a good, good, good thing for their character. Technically she did try to kill him. She did drop him out of a plane without parachute. So. And it was the 90s and men could do that stuff to women without repercussions. And what in terms of what men could do to women without repercussions, we'll get back to that when we cover Terminal Velocity and Charlie Sheen. Yes. So um, <laughs> this is, I think, safe to say peak Wesley. You know, I just had a look at his IMDb list and... In 1992 and 1993, these are just some of the films he made. So White Men Can't Jump, Passenger 57, Rising Sun and Demolition Man are Classic, 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 classic. Yeah, four films preceding this. So he was, you know, everyone was on on the hype train for, for Wesley on this. So didn't he get discovered by Spike Lee? Uh, yes, he was obviously in uh, Spike Lee. There was, um... but it was after those films he made with him, and then he got noticed, and then it was like boom. He, yes. and he just worked like crazy, as you say, five films in one year or something. Yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. Like how many films he churned out in in that in the nineties? Like you know, right up. He's you know quite big. Oh, probably about Blade. A star started to wane a little bit after the Blade films, and then something about. Tax evasion. Something about tax avoidion. <laughs> avoidion, that's a word. Forming a private militia. <laughs> uh, but enough about that. Shall we uh, tease the listeners with the next movie on our list? Oh, my God. They decided to do two films, so we decided to do fi- two films. That's our defence. Terminal Velocity. Okay, queuing it up. We used to joke about it, didn't we? About some student hitting the dirt and digging in like Wile E. Coyote. I don't think we'll be joking about it anymore. It's like a great high, right? Let me guess. First time. What happened, man? How'd she get away from you? I hooked her in! Like I've done thousands of times! I'm 
here to determine whether manslaughter charges should be brought against you and Chris Morrow's death. You're kidding. What are you busting me for? What took you so long? Are you certain this is the same woman who was in the plane with you? I just want you to see that she's come back from the dead. You have five seconds to tell me where the cylinder is. One. You gotta be kidding me. Two. Four. What happened to three? Shoot. That's broken. The safety's on you, idiot. You swallowed the worm. I was trying to swallow all sorts of things. Careful, I may just have to marry you. What is going on? Who you are. For real. Thousands of people will die. She's one of two things. Covert agent or a complete raving lunatic. What are you willing to stick your neck out for, huh? Back to banks. We're going on a guilt trip. Get out of my car! Relax and enjoy your flight. So yes, there you have it. The the trailer for Terminal Velocity that leaves no surprise for you. There, there, there's everything in there, like right right through to the the final scenes. I think the thing where the thing I, the reason I laughed there was when someone was like, "What's going on?" I was like, "What's going on with this trailer?" Like it's it's everything. Like one of the last things you see in this trailer is one of the first scenes in the film, which has no impact on the plot structure. So it's yeah yeah nuts. Um, so, Terminal Velocity, uh, directed by Darren Serafian. Um, but the interesting thing for this is written by a guy called David Tui. And he, it was based on his original spec script, which was sold for over, uh, half a million dollars. Uh, Tui would go on to be a bit of a, a go-to scriptwriter. So he, um, had the his screenplay he wrote the fugitive with harrison ford uh he would also get writing credits on waterworld and ridley scott's gi jane but then he would go on to become a director as well so he wrote and directed pitch black with vin diesel uh launch vehicle of and and mr diesel yeah launch vehicle for for, a launch vehicle that runs on diesel i missed that sorry um, outside of the first and first movies, um, but yes, he would go, and he, him, and Vin Diesel would write. The, there was obviously the whole Riddick Chronicles of Riddick. But wasn't was a, wasn't that like his first film? I feel like it was. Am I getting it wrong? Was no. Was, I uh, mean, fast, it, was fast was fast before. No, I think you're right. I think Fast and Furious might have been a year after, but he'd done maybe Boiler Room before then. Yeah, no, I think it was Boiler Room, and then I think you and but, I... Like, but you're right. This is the, That was the film that properly launched him. As an action hero. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously, it, it created a bit of a, a mini franchise. There was Riddick, Chronicles of Riddick. There was a Riddick game, I think. I haven't seen any of the others, but they're obviously good enough to keep making them, right? Right? Well, yeah, I, I I keep sort of thinking, oh, maybe I should go back and watch them. I just like, yeah, because it's, I think they get a bit sort of convoluted with their own mythology and stuff like that, and still trying to to build a mythology around this sort of one character. But yes, uh, it was a very much an in demand script, and uh, remind me of the coulda woulda shoulda because it uh, originally was going to be picked up by an interesting director and star you mean this wasn't a charlie sheen vehicle um but yeah so i mean how do you want to jump in this i mean the one thing i would say i think we should start with i mean you can say no to this but let's just get out of there like we let's start with how we've done some other episodes and like uh what was it like to go back and watch it this time do you not think that's a good way to sort of set Uh, the pace yeah absolutely so i have and start start with first memories and then go into what it was like to watch this yeah so as you were saying you you know you associate drop zone with um you know video rentals uh for me i have distinct uh I, i don't remember with drop zone i think yeah that was a video rental but for some reason i remember catching terminal velocity on sky movies late one well, night and, such, a, such a lucky man uh, yeah i mean uh and it was just 
you know, great with, uh, I was just like, oh, this is, you know, Charlie Sheen and it's skydiving and stuff. And I remember enjoying it at the time, but then thinking, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's, you know, it's, it's not the sort of film you would bang on to your friends. Oh, we have, you have to see this movie, but it's, you know, I remember it being perfectly enjoyable. Um, I remember Drop Zone being the more ridiculous film um and a lot brighter and a lot more yeah ridiculous in terms of plot um you know in terms of yes let's do the point break thing but we'll really hone in on they're doing the heist spy by skydiving everything has to be in a very tall building um it's in a cave that isn't gonna work it's not gonna work (laughs) but shouldn't when the government have server rooms no 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 I haven't watched. I mean, you know, we, you and I have we've covered a few Wesley films uh, so far. So we've done. We've continued to s- consume Wesley, but just not via drop zone. <laughs> yeah. So we've obviously we've done his bigger films. We've done Demolition Man. We've done Blade. So far, I don't think we, we have. We covered anything from Charlie Sheen's back catalogue. I don't think we have. Well, do we do we cover that elephant in the room now? Because. Uh... George and I, I think we would put it out that one of our favourite comedies of all time is Hot Shots. And watching this film, I'm guessing that he was either just done Hot Shots or he was just about to do it because his delivery, his age, everything about him to me screams Hot Shots. So a lot of this film is of terminal velocity is serious. But when he's telling the jokes, I'm just seeing Top of Harley, Top of Harley, Top of Harley. And I'm like, and I want more, you know, so... Um, we say, uh, yeah, did, did, I, did we watch a lot of Charlie Sheen? We loved Hot Shots. We watched it on repeat for years and years and years. Well, yeah, I'm just trying. But to we think. we weren't we weren't target when he first hit the. He, we weren't yeah. uh, when he hit the when he was big. We 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 came across Charlie Sheen at the end at the autumn of his career when he moved into Hot Shots. We didn't. We weren't there for. I mean, Wall Street was a big film for me. Pl- Platoon. But, you know. uh, Platoon. But those were films that I that Dad recorded yeah. off TV that we watched on video. But there's yeah, there's one film that we we've we've mulled over reviewing at some point, which is Navy Seals, because it's got Michael Bean as a na- another Navy Seal, and it's like one of those films that you. It's Charlie Sheen in that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, Michael yeah. Bean and Charlie that Sheen. That was another big DV, uh, VHS rental for and me and my scuba. I think that's definitely a film that we that was probably amazing as a kid and is probably terrible now. But yes, um, you're right. Drink the, whenever you see an MP5 machine gun. Um, <laughs> um, and dubious uh, Middle Eastern terrorists, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, but yes, Hot Shots war, was 91, Hot Shots Pot de 93. Oh, so he had got Hot Shots under his belt. So this was, I, I get, I'm getting yeah. it now. This was him trying to tell the world that I can still do non-Hot Shots films, I reckon. Yeah, and that's my problem with, my, what, the, one of the, the few problems I have with revisiting this film. So... Um, yeah, I, um, he's not sleazy enough. Oh, he's always he's <laughs> plenty sleazy, but it does feel, and I don't know if it is the the, the, the hot shots effect that I just feel I can't take him seriously. I can't, the, that, it, that's my point about this. Yeah. It's like I can't see anything but Top of Harley in this, and like there's there's moments where he's shooting guns or he's doing action stuff. So, oh yeah, he's quite a capable action. He's a believable action hero, but no, I can't get past the Top of Harley thing. Yeah, it's. Um, yeah, he, it's just a bit too much. Actually, I just remember what he was in. Uh, but though he's obviously only in about halfway through, which I watched recently, he's in Young Guns as well. He's one of the original crew in Young Guns. Yeah, the first film, yeah. Yeah, first film. He's, he's the leader. He's the he leader. is the leader. He is the leader of the group. He's the straight lace. Go on, go in there, Billy. He's the straight lace guy. Oh, my God. When are we? Do- we're going we're gonna to have to do those as two films, aren't we? Uh, well, yes, that I did buy them for that purpose. We were looking to do it. <laughs> Maybe later in the year, but yeah, I think we've we've pushed it. Let us know if you do want Charlie and I to do Young Guns one and two. Do write in. Let us know um, if you want us to do them as two separate films. I'm happy to spend to split those over two episodes. Because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I I really enjoyed going back to it because yeah, it's been years. Uh, I haven't watched either film in years, and I don't know if it's because neither of them have have popped up to my knowledge on on streaming obviously we had to track them down for the purposes of this episode but yeah i really enjoyed going back to watching terminal velocity i think it's a good as i said in the intro good post cold war 
spy thriller that happens to have it's a good bit of mystery of what's going on and yeah i i i did enjoy it i i enjoyed it more than i thought i would what about you well yeah i, th- I think were you did you watch it because obviously in preparation for this episode we watched both films what order did you watch them in so did you watch this first uh, yes i did you see, I, I was the opposite. I was like, ah, oh, no, I'll get around to watching Eternal Velocity. I want to watch Drop Zone again. So I watched Drop Zone and I was just like, okay, okay. I remember what I remember the 90s is different to how I remember it. And so when it got around to watching Eternal Velocity, I was pleasantly surprised. Just as George says, I was like, this is actually a decent thriller. It ticks mm-hmm. all the boxes. It's got amazing physical uh, stunts in it. And unlike Drop Zone, skydiving is part of the plot, <laughs> but not a set piece structure that is, I mean, it gets to the point where you're just bored of skydiving by the end of Drop Zone. It's like yeah. shoehorned into every conversation, every scene, everything's about the jump. And it's like, it's not surfing. You're not point break. That's what I'm screaming at the TV. Whereas yeah. I feel like it's nicely dovetailed into, um, terminal velocity without being annoying um and it's got we mentioned him recently in terms of uh saying remembering carl weathers shooter's tour we've got shooter mcgavin shooter hamming it up to the max christopher mcdonald uh with a a lovely uh peroxide blonde uh, and i think this is i think this is i think clearly homage clearly homage to view to a kill I think uh, no, but this is year before Happy Gilmore. I think Happy Gilmore's ninety five. Yeah. So he's yeah. I mean, Christopher McDonald does really do the the hateable bad guy, and but in this as dodgy Russian henchman, he's really hamming it up, isn't he? It's so much brilliant. so that James Gandolfini is restrained in comparison. A very young James Gandolfini, who's sinister, who just showed that, yes, I know he's done The Sopranos. I wanted to see more of James Gandolfini. I was going to say, not only in this film, but generally. like I don't think that guy made enough films. He's got such screen presence, such a good actor, so natural. Um, I mean, obviously, we we talked about him, would have been the year before, doing menacing in True Romance. You know that? What I would like to say about him, and I mean, notice, but I think he's one of the most brilliant two-dimensional actors that there is. There's not a lot of range with him. Yeah. I, d- I don't think. You get but intense. He's, <laughs> but he's he's absolutely fucking amazing. I would watch him in anything. And that is what every actor wants to hear. So, yeah. Uh, um, but the one thing I would say, those Russians really do enjoy speaking English, don't they? And they... To they each only, other. They shout badly anyway we're picking hairs it's for an american audience but um i I felt that plot was going everywhere it was very like you keep thinking oh they're going to steal this plane no they're not they're just going to get off the plane get off again oh they found the gold they're going to steal the gold no they're just going to leave where it is oh they're going to do this it was like it kind of kept on wrong footing you is he gonna is he gonna screw with it no she's not gonna screw it it's like is she trying to hit on him no it's like i felt like it was quite ahead of its time in the fact that he was scaredy cat. She was like strong sleeper agent, double agent, mm. whatever. That was kind of, we were, this is before Goldeneye, you know, which was, you know, the whole, you could still see what was going on, the whole Russian thing. Yeah, I, I was thinking about it. Yeah, obviously that popular thing of, well, the Cold War's over. Can we still keep telling Cold War stories? We can, of course we can. We've it's got been long enough. It's been a few years. What's happened to all those nukes from the Cold War? We can make a film about those. Well, what's happened to the KGB? And and that is. Oh, uh, and then you remembered where that amazing line that we use all the time came from. It must have come from here. It is. It is. That is the the, the two things I remember from this film is that amazing line KGB. Come on, you mean KG used to be? Uh, and I, for some reason, I remember the dog with three legs. Um, why would you forget? Why would you forget? But no, um. Stranger, like, yeah, this film got slated when it came out, and I think it's got, like, I know, it's sub-20% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I just don't get the hate. I mean, it's by no means perfect, but it's a perfectly enjoyable 90s thriller. I think I am the highly suggestible type, and I think I got swept up in all of that, because I definitely saw this film, I do remember seeing this film, and... 
let's just put this in perspective. I was like, you know, the problem with that terminal velocity, it's got that ridiculous scene where there's a window washer who jumps out of his window washer for no reason, just to show he can do his pressure. So, oh no, that's drop zone. So <laughs> that is basically where we've come to is that I think all the press told me to remember this as being a bad film. I've gone back and watched it. It's like, this is a perfectly passable Pass me the remote. Let's see what's on Sky Movies. Sit down and watch it. You watch this. Whereas Drop Zone is sitting down with your buddies. You're 14, 15, or maybe 16 years old. You've had a, two beers. You're off your tits. <laughs> and you'd think it's the best film you've seen ever. <laughs> I mean, it's it's bizarre. The one thing I would, uh, I'm surprised at when I was looking at the stats side by side that I was uh, originally I was putting in my notes that it, Terminal Velocity feels quite a sort of modest budget wise film, but it actually cost more than Drop Zone. So it was uh, they've this, got real real stunts though. Yeah, Ter- Terminal Velocity was budget fifty million and Drop Zone was forty five million. Um, but that, yeah, is, I, is I, that say, a big I, difference back then? Was that a big big difference? No, I wouldn't say it's a big difference, but I would say Drop Zone feels the the glossier film, and maybe it's just the way it's been shot. And, you know, there's a lot more daytime sequences, whereas obviously the nature of the the spy sort of chase nature of Terminal Velocity, it's more set during the daytime. Uh, sorry, just, nighttime. Just checking it, 35% of that budget went on Gary Busey's uh, 3D rendering of the inside. Oh, that, that 3D <laughs> rendering software is amazing. That's what we need to get into about um, Drop Zone. I forgot about hacking. Hacking's hot. That's cool right now. They can. We're not even connected to the internet, and they can hack us. Yeah, because you 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 clicked on his photo. <laughs> but but we have to get the the tech guy into the building. He can't hack it remotely. He has no, to be un, parachuted un, in. Everything it will. I mean, they hadn't conceptually that didn't exist. Yeah, it's brilliant. Get uh, mustache. Yeah. So yes, uh, I mean, I, th- I think the, so much skydiving in that film. They are. Practicing, I think, I, I think they're, it, they're practicing the heist. They're doing the heist. The heist has skydiving. Skydiving at the beginning. The beginning is a pretty damn cool scene. I was going to um, say the um, the plane hijack. I mean, obviously, we're definitely in in pre nine eleven days because it's like smuggling weapons and explosives very easily onto a, a 747. Um, and it's quite traumatic, that whole thing with people getting sucked out. Not enough. After watching Sudden Death, not enough collateral damage for me. My my levels are really high. After watching Sudden Death, I need lots of innocent people to suffer before I'm on board. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought the... Um, that that plane hijack was, you know, pretty impressive special effects. And yes, there are, there's a lot of skydiving stunt scenes. Um, but yeah, as you say, it's, it feels very, you know, you've seen it all before done better in Point Break. Exactly. Um, so- you know, in terms of the, the way it's been shot, the soundtrack. Yes, there's a, you get, you certainly get a lot of, you know, a lot of skydiving for your money, but is it you almost like get a bit sort of like, okay, yeah, we're, we're, we're skydiving again. No, but there's, there's, there's a few cuts in Point Break where you can clearly see from the camera work that there's a guy, he's like half a kilometre away and he traverses across the screen and catches someone. Yeah. In this, everything's like done much closer. It's all there's, choreographed because it all, has to be. As and, there's, and, and there is the choreographed, uh, which... Like, stunt show, whatever Stunt it is. show thing that's going on over Washington, which is kind of impressive for the third time that you see it. You see them rehearsing it. You see them doing it. Um, um, but it's not up there with Point Break for me. It's, it's not... It's too much of a plot device and drops in. I think that's what lets it down. They they went nuts. Like, if you think about shooting, how I reckon like how many more jumps did they do? You know, like they must have had to do so many jumps because the whole film, act one, act two, act three, mm. has at least ten minutes of jumping in it. Yeah. <laughs> well no, the one thing I would say is that it was quite nice to see Wesley poking fun at himself when now he's in, you know, the the air machine thing, the the practice yeah. fan thing. Which I think I think we talked about because they use that in point break to get the shots they had, like basically cameras they had the, you know, Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze in those to make it look like they were free falling. Yeah, it's I just thought when you said when you said making fun of himself, I thought when he thought he was Bob Marley on the scooter. Oh my <laughs> goodness! 
<laughs> That's because he sold everything to pay for the plane. He sold his his car and his lovely um, three piece baggy suits. Um, but his boss is totally okay with him working under the radar. And it's like, you mean uh, the general from Under Siege? No, but I was saying the reason why he's okay with Wesley doing that is like, look, I've got Casey Ryback on a ship somewhere. Ryback, Casey Ryback. It's also got yeah. So it had a few of I've just put those guys. You got the general from Under Siege. You've also got Travis from <laughs> Cliffhanger, um, who's hardly in it at all. Um, lots of ponytails, lots of bad guys with ponytails, oh, lots of pony- white suits, lots of wh- white suits in this. What's more offensive to you, though, a white suit or a ponytail? I'm oh, it's the double pony- combo. There's the uh, crooked <laughs> DA okay. agent that has the bald, but bald ponytail. ponytail. Bald ponytail. And I massive- could be bald. I could have a ponytail. I've decided to go with both. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to flaunt the hair that I have left with massive cellular, mobular phone on the belt. Yeah. And sadly, I think, you know, we were talking about this in our sudden death uh, episode that we just did on Patreon. Similar thing in this that there's, you know, it almost feels like Wesley, like Van Damme is in sudden death. Wesley's a little bit restrained in this. There's not enough no, of him kicking fappy, ass. Kick, kick, there's not, even he does kick ass. He does. But even in that, there's no roundhouses. There's no exuberant. There's that, fap, that fight in, the, in, a, in, a, in a shed, that the shed toilets. The shed toilets, which is like, I think his finishing move is to rip down the overhead light, which I've never tried doing. Um, um, though I, I will was giggling at the the final face-off between him and Boosie where they're firing over a desk at each other and I was just reminded of Naked, naked Gun, gun that's when what they're I was fi- thinking. Yeah. firing over a bin at each other. And then they did that but I, I think when I was texting you when I was watching this it was like classic 90s trip they, they both come up at the same time they both point their guns at each other. Oh Mexican and standoff. And they're both out of bullets and uh, yeah and then Boosie just jumps on them so no I think uh, um, But can we talk about Boosie's death? Um, yeah, okay, so let's talk about the technical side of the this. The physics of it. <laughs> okay, no, but let's talk about the technical side of it. It's, it's because, okay, so during this film, Wesley's character, Desips, Jessops, what's he called? It's, Triple Sword? It's, 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 it's an anagram of Snipes. Uh, what's it called? What's he called again? I've forgotten. Um, okay. Nissen. Nissen? Nessips. Nessips. Nessips or something like that. Yeah. So he's done a few jumps, his character has you get it but like he jumps out of a window we're guessing let's say for argument's sake 10 stories the 20th floor because they they talk about it in the okay so he's 20 floors up so he's got enough to do a base jump arguably but is he that good that he jumps through broken glass with gary buzzi going and and but it's like instantaneous releases his shoot yeah let's go buzzi Perfectly timing. I mean, no, but the, the rest of Busey's death, it's just coincidence. No, but but, it, but, but Busey falls straight down, but then he somehow... No, but the truck's go, moving. Go, go, the truck's yeah, moving. But he's falling straight down, but he manages to go through the truck windscreen horizontally. <laughs> So he's sort of like yeah. almost like he swoops down. Maybe he's got that. That is, he's a skydiver. What can I yeah. say? Like, like he knew he was going to die. He's like, I'm not going full. I'm not going head first. I'm going to enjoy this last thrill. And so he starts yeah. like, well, I'm going to kill myself. Um, right. Okay. Do you think it's that? Uh, yeah. Let's go with that. Okay. Swiftly moving on. Um, I do like the set pieces in drop zone, though. I did, I like the heist. I thought the heists were good. I thought. Boosie's- the first time you watched it, yes, but when they're doing it a second time, it's like, okay, we get in through the roof, we get in, we get the geek in to get the stuff. There was no uh, real stakes, was there? There was no innocence. Not, going back to sudden death, not enough collateral damage. Um, but I did love the point where I think they say um, if we if we kill a cop, other cops will start sniffing around. It's like, hang on, haven't you just, like... Bought, like, got sold the IDs for DEA agents to get them killed. It's like, and no, didn't that... you kill a US Marshal in the opening scene? You um, mean uh, Theo Huxtable? Are you sure that's? I don't know where this comes from. I did not recognize him. As Charlie, me. I had to look it up. It is Theo Huxtable. It, it, is is that was the other thing I was going to bring up? It, <laughs> does it feel like a stretch that it's Wesley's brother? They're both US Marshals and they're assigned as partners together. I mean, that's. <laughs> If that's I, not, you know, I, preferential I have, hiring, I don't know what is. 
nepotism at its best. I, I held back from testing you because it did sound quite racist to say, so the brothers are brothers? <laughs> <laughs> Damn brothers be brothers, man. And it was like, so we're going to make the two black guys brothers. It's like, okay. And the, they're also partners. Partners, brothers. Yeah, <laughs> it was convenient. It was, la- I think, lazy. Lazy script writing because it could have been more that he had to I don't think he needed that scene for them both to be I guess I guess but it would have been more interesting had more believable had Wesley been on another case and they both met in the airport it's like I've got to transfer this do you mind me tagging along and I get a cheap ticket with you the fact that they were both on the same case and they were brothers and they were talking about what they're going to do the weekend I don't know maybe we just don't understand US law, law enforcement maybe 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 it's much more tightly knit than we realise um, I mean, you would have thought Wesley would have learned his lesson from Passenger 57. Or the fact, maybe he was just, you know, laying tracks for you. He would go on to feature in the film U.S. Marshals, US Marshals. tying on. it back to what you said about The Fugitive. So uh, is there a coulda, woulda, should? Yes. So I've I've got some good coulda, woulda, shouldas. So. Oh, not just bad ones. Okay. Your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. I haven't got. They're not very extensive, but jumping back to um, Ryback, Casey Ryback, none other than Steven Seagal was originally set to play the role of U.S. Marshal Peter Nissip, but left the no. project to return in Under Siege Two: Dark Territory. How can you say no to Dark Territory? Um, he was reportedly offered fifteen million dollars for the role. Um, so yeah, but obviously, um, when was an executive decision was a bit, was that 95, 90, that was 96, I want to say. Yeah, that was a bit later, yeah. Uh, Not 97, but yeah, 96, so that sounds about right. Um, so yes, that was could have, would have, should have there. I'm sure that I, I read somewhere there was someone else up for the role, um, that Boosie was up for, but I can't remember who it was. However, over in, Terminal Velocity world. So originally, before Charlie Sheen was on board, it was Kevin Reynolds, he of Waterworld and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves director. Mm-hmm. He was looking at it with uh, an actor called Tom Cruise, originally wow. started to start, but they were both busy on other projects. I imagine... Cruise was probably doing, I think, maybe Interview with a Vampire, and then Mission Impossible was 95. So, yeah, maybe he was busy with that. But, yes, I get the feeling when I see Cruise's name attached, I don't think... I think the character has been tailored to a bit more to Sheen's... Like, I've, I've put... He's, he's charming in a dickhead sort of way. It feels like the script's been tailored to Sheen's personality a bit. Yeah. He, Whereas I think it'll be a bit more of a straight down the line thriller, maybe with the odd whip from from the cruiser if he if he'd gone ahead and done it. But I think it would have been a, a very well, li- likely would have been a bigger film. I think, sorry, uh, who's playing the, the? I'm not I'm not going up against Chris. Chris um, what's he called? Mc, Chris, uh, yeah, Chris Chris McDonald. I'm not going up against him, is what Tom Cruise said. You're going to have to get me a bigger bad guy. Get me that guy from the James Bond film, Necros. Get get mm-hmm. me him. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I say I really enjoyed uh, Terminal Velocity. I think that was a surprise for me. Watching Drop Zone, I was like, God, this seems so dated for mm. mainly, mainly the, the wrong reasons. Like, It's, it's the worst I, parts of the 90s. I was going to say it's, it's the yeah. worst outings for a lot of those actors. Even the girl, she's in Hard Target, which is a better film than Drop Zone. Gary Busey, you don't have to look far. Many yeah. better films. Wesley, you don't have to look far. You know, even some of the bit actors in this film, you're like, yeah. even the guy with balding head who becomes part of the group, not Swoop, the other guy. Oh, yeah. He's he's bounced up in, in other better films, so it was kind of like... Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just felt like this is, this is, this is a film that got made, but there were other films very close to the making of this film with all of these actors in, which were way better than this. So, so well, in terms of the box office, it was close, but uh, Drop Zone made sixty-two million worldwide, and Terminal Velocity uh, made forty-seven million uh, worldwide. So, and that was compared to. 
So it didn't even break even. Which is probably why it's considered a flop. Yeah. Well, no, I say it just had mostly those, negative re- reviews. Are those figures adjusted for rentals and DVD purchases? No, that's that's the that's just uh, theatrical box office. Yeah, because yeah. obviously, pretty much as Christopher Nolan and the like will tell you, doesn't kind of exist anymore. Yeah, they they can't look forward to those sort of purchases that they have to now. What is that? What is saying? To streaming sites and get it back from them, whereas it used to be they get we you and I would go and see a film, we pay at the cinema, we come home, we buy the, the so they get a double whammy, you know. Well, no, as, as you was, we were saying last was it last month about Labyrinth, you know that whilst that was a, a like a bit of a flop at the cinema, it was came a huge cult hit on on video and. Obviously, a lot of Van Damme's career was made in video rentals before he made it in the big time. So, yeah, it was, it was you know, a, a thriving market. And, yeah, we've talked about in the past that, yeah, you can't rely on that. Oh, yeah, well, it'll make such and such a box office. But DVDs where the, the money's at and on or Blu-ray, it's now a very small market. It's a shame. Well, streaming will come and go. It will. It, it, that's the weird thing. It's like DVDs, Blu-rays have come and gone, but I'm looking at mine now. You know, I've still got them. Yeah. So what are people going to do when Netflix, or I don't know what will happen with them, but I, I just think it, it'll change. Some, somehow it'll change. But these DVDs I've got here in my collection, that's the thing that doesn't put me off physical media. Nothing's going to change the fact that I've got them here. You know, so uh, anyway, so how do we round up? We've watched... Two of the best nineties <laughs> sky typing films that there exist. Two so let me rephrase that. We've watched the two best skydiving films of from nineteen ninety-four. Yeah, as I say, when you look at like you, you, you put in top skydiving films, you've we've talked about point break. Well obviously, you know, we've talked about Tom Cruise, you know, we've got to talk about, you know, um which is it, Mission Impossible Fallout? Yeah. Um, Gold, GoldenEye with the... the no, it's uh, Tomorrow Never Dies with the Halo jump. But Gold, well. GoldenEye with the bungee stuff, that, those sort of stunts. Yeah, and uh, what else was I saying? Moonraker, that had some good skydiving in it. Uh, stunts, but... Maybe a green screen will do. It's it's no it's, it was it's just yeah well it's just with Roger, um, Roger did all his own stunts Charlie you you know that, um, so yes uh, no I think these films obviously aren't as big as, as some of the films that you and I usually cover um, they are they both, were big video VHS releases in that well day. they were yeah they were they were fairly I mean uh, probably not big in the cinema well uh, <laughs> no no uh, Terminal Velocity debuted at number two in the US box office behind. Time Cup. Oh, wow. Tim Cup. Wow. Tim, Tim Cup. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think they're... I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we went back because, you know, that's the point of, of this podcast. You know, you and I going back and saying, well, how do they hold up? And, you know, sometimes we do get that that shift of, oh, this they're was, actually be- better than I remember. This was a surprise. I was not expecting me to enjoy Terminal Velocity as much as I did. And I was a bit sad by uh so there is a point to this podcast yeah hey. apparently so <laughs> no but i did the exact opposite i was like i'll watch terminal velocity first because i've got a feeling that's not going to be as good as drop zero not as i as good as i remember uh, okay. and then i was like oh, this is actually pretty damn good <laughs> yeah it's a totally possible spy flick that's yeah. the thing about it so um for that you're like okay yeah this i could i could this is a, it's a it, it's almost possible as a sensible action flick, whereas Drop Zone is three beers in minimum. <laughs> minimum. Um, and three purely, beers, three beers in at least one west, waistcoat. <laughs> and yeah, and that's purely just to to lap up Wesley Snipes' uh, fashion choices. I'm glad we've done it. Let us know what you think. Uh, what what do you prefer? What wins the the skydiving trophy? Is it drop zone? Is it terminal velocity? Uh, anything else for you, Charlie? I'm glad we've done it. I'm glad we did it. Is uh, one episode. Um, <laughs> Thank <God. laughs> uh, What's coming? What what can we tell our listeners? What we've got coming up? Well, we've got another anniversary uh, next month. We are doing a biggie. Uh, we are doing we're going back to 1984 and we are doing The Terminator dun, 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 dun. 
Wow. Yeah. And people will be like, how have you not done Terminator already? For Charlie and I we, got greedy. We were, we were waiting. We were yeah. waiting for the right time. Well, you know, people say, well, why didn't you do it chronologically? We just got greedy and decided to jump in with T2 early on. Um, but yes, looking forward to covering the Terminator um, because it's a classic. Um, and we apparently we love a bit of Arnie. Yes. And um, yeah, I mean, he... He, and and a bit of James Cameron as well. Exactly, and a bit of a LA, a bit. And there's, I'm looking forward to the production chat. Really feel like in terms of what he was able to do on a budget. So that's going to be a big episode for us. Okay, well, um, thank you for listening to this. As George has already said, go back and watch at least one of these two films, and then if you're still not satisfied, watch both of these films. <laughs> they are both worthy of a watch. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say which one is more worthy, but I think you know what I feel. So, um, great. Okay, well, get us on all the socials. You can always access everything streamed directly through the webpage at retroramble.blog. We're also on YouTube as well. Yes, you can get the episodes on there as well. Um, We also have, have mentioned it a few times, but if you do enjoy what you hear and you would like to support Retro Ramble, but whilst also getting extra Retro Ramble in your ears, we do have a Patreon channel um, where we do a, a whole host of features. So yeah, we will look at films that we didn't get to see first time round. Uh, so we just covered uh, John claude Van Damme's Sudden Death. Uh, but we also do some specials. We've done some James Bond specials. We've done some soundtrack specials. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff on there. So yeah, if, if you need more Retro Ramble in your lives, in your ears, please check out our Patreon page. Yeah, especially if you'd like to get our take on anything recent, because that's where we cover all of the recent cinema releases. Okay, brilliant. Well, uh, for this episode, I have been going at terminal velocity most of the time as Charlie McGee, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Uh, I have been wearing some outrageous clothes. I'm on my moped with an oversized helmet, but uh, I have been George McGee. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.